So basically, this is kind of an off-the-shelf kind of treatment for disc issues. There are so many people that are going to benefit from this type of procedure. We did the hard math on it. But that group of people probably at that one or two level disc degeneration, failing care, failing ESI, it's about 870,000 people per year that fall into that pool that could be potentially helped. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition. One of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Two things before we get started. The views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those of Dr. Carter or this podcast. One of our podcast partners has just announced special pricing for our listeners. Wharton's Jelly Allograph for $475 per cc. You heard that right, only $475. White papers are available. This is for a limited time, so act now. Why pay double or triple the price from other providers? To learn more or to order, text your name and the word JELLY, J-E-L-L-Y, to 561-962-1231. Write that down. It's 561-962-1231. On with the show. You may or may not know we have a product and this is a product that you put directly into the intervertebral disc. Nucleus proposes allograft that is laden with cells and saline. And so you reconstitute a lot of that nucleus proposes and, and bind the water. And we have data on the first 24 subjects in the safety cohort at one year. And we're actually going to present that in New York Thursday. Well, that's amazing. Tell me more about that. What is the result? Or can you tell me? Yeah, it's public. We've had the abstract um, peer-reviewed, so I can give it to you as someone else read it and find that it's okay. So the yep. first 24 patients, they went out 12 months. We looked at them at one month for safety. We looked at them at three months, and then we looked at six and 12 months. The idea in this was we did a modified intention to treat where we had a three-and-a-half to one-to-one -one randomized level one trial. Three-and-a-half received the allograft called the Viadis matrix. They were blinded. One received saline placebo. They were blinded. The other group were asked to remain in conservative care for an additional three months, and then we measured their pain and accessory index at the end of that three months. What we were able to demonstrate that at one year, that those individual subjects who had had the allograft blinded went from a pain score of about 60 to 9. Wow. Accessory to 42 points down to 12 from about 60. That's amazing. It is amazing, Ross. I tell you, I mean, it blew my mind. And here's the other thing. So those who have been randomized to the conservative care, their pain went up, as you might not be surprised to hear, after an additional three months of conservative care. Right. But yep. when we gave them the outgraft on open label, they went to six. So they went slightly different, but not enough to suggest that it was a placebo effect because the randomized graph did as well as the open label. That's amazing. So can you tell me more about this allograph that you're talking about? What is it yeah. made out of? So we're taking nucleus proposis from cadaver material, and uh -huh. we're cryo-milling that material until it becomes about 300 microns. The patent says it can be less than 400, but it's about 300 microns. The good uh -huh. news about that is you can then push it through a 22-gauge 
syringe, which you know is the key to preserving the annulus if you have to do intervention through the disc. We then mix up one cc of cells that are cryoprotected, and those cells are spine-based cells from that subchondrovertebral margins. We put in six million cells within one cc of a cryoprotectant. We add one cc of saline, mix it in with a nucleus pulposus, and then inject it. It becomes about 1.75 at the time you re-soak the cryomilled material. And then we put 1.75 back into the center of the disc under fluoroscopy. Amazing. Now, when you say cells, what specifically kind of cells are those? Yeah, so we're using, they would be, probably when you look at the asset, there's 70% mesenchymal stem cells. They are cells that are in the marrow, general marrow. So what we've found is that a heterogeneous population of cells tends to behave somewhat better than a pure culture-expanded cell line. So these are able to do, there are cells in there that do all germ layers. So we feel uh-huh. that, and you've read the literature, you know this, when you read Mark Irwin's and, and any number of other people, when you submit a cell lineage to an allograft, it takes on the characteristics of those materials. And so there's an exosome transplantation. So what we've done is we've looked at our cells as donors. We've looked at host cells as potential recipients or patient tissue. And we've demonstrated that if you mark our cell lineages, that you're able then to find that lineage within the cell body of the cells who are receiving them. Amazing. So you're using exosomes in combination for the signaling. Is that basically how well, it works? Just, as you know, in the exosomes, you can't suppress them. So we, we have done some quantification of our bone marrow product, and we know that there's 2,800 exosomes per cell, typically on yield. But rather than claiming the exosomes, we're claiming a bioavailable tissue that has a cell characteristic. In the broadest range, certainly the regulatory hurdle for exosomes is going to be pharmacology. I think that trying to identify single source exosomes without doing like a pharmacologic expansion is going to be challenging to FDA. But I think uh-huh. if you have a cell lineage that's replete with cytokines and with non-whole cell products, I think that we can safely say that we have a allograft that is functionally replete with all of the characteristics of a graft material. Now, is this only going to be used for disc issues, or are there other applications that this may be able to be used for? Absolutely. So, I mean, we just, and actually, I I told you about the first 24 subjects. We actually, there were 224 subjects in this trial. And and here's the thing I think you will appreciate. We have the ability to treat either one or two-level disc degeneration. And so, of the 140 that were randomized to the allograft, 67 of those had two-level interventions. So we've powered the study to demonstrate that we can treat one or two levels. And the early data suggests that when you look at one level or two-level pain, and you look at one or two-level pain relief, there's no statistical difference between the two populations, which means if you're treating, let's say, Mrs. Smith there in West Palm, and you've got two levels you're treating, there's no risk for you treating both levels at the same time in terms of outcome. Okay. Wow. So you can do two so levels at a time. Correct. Correct. That's what we'll have the data. So I will have the six-month data probably tomorrow from our statistician. It's all collected. It's been, you know, laid up. So he's blinded to the number of levels, the initial pain, the site at which the study was carried out, or to the randomization. He'll crunch the data, and then he'll open the code, and then he will assign what the outcome is in the legend. The people that were receiving this, what was the criteria for them? At least six months, failure to respond to conservative care, no greater firm in grade three through six, 
modic changes, nothing larger than two, less than five degree instability or, you know, um, facility, you know, within the annulus. We want to have less than five degree vertical misalignment as well. So basically, it's mostly an intact disc without a lot of lithesis, and that it's able to have no additional symptoms of pre-surgical manipulations. They can have had ESI. They can have had other types of interventions. But in the end, their pain is axial disc origin. We looked at people between 18 and 60 as our population. The average age treated was 35.7. And basically, we're getting half the response in saline, which, as you know, is an active Treatment is not a placebo, really. So this is good. You're going to present this at the spine conference coming up. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We presented it at ISLOS. I went to Kyoto. We presented it in Japan in early June. We're going to present it at the SIS in New York Thursday. And then we're going to prepare it for NAS as well at September 26th. I think we're on the Thursday schedule. That sounds awesome. I mean, you must be excited about this. I'm absolutely numb. It feels great. We're doing so good. And I can also tell you, and you'll appreciate this, I think, as a practitioner, is that sure. not only the disc that we treated retain its height, but that the discs that are rostral to the treated level at either one or two levels also sustained or increased in height. Even though they weren't treated? Correct. Specifically? Correct. So it's so it, like it a referred effect of some kind. Well, I think it's probably, you know, when you get to feeling better, we've seen improvement on the ODI, that if you're more active, if you're more resilient, if your life resumes some of the characteristics of exercise, you begin to habitate that space, you do more, and you maintain the water at those levels. As you know, it's amplitude dependent for movement and frequency dependent for stimulation for pretty glycanist. Sorry for the interruption again. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card and dominate your area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and any question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231 or go to our website at drrosscarter.com to learn more. Don't forget about our current $475 Warden's Jelly special. On with the show. That's fantastic. When will this be something that might be available for the general public? Well, that's what we're working on right now, Ross. We have a new CEO, which I also can share something very exciting. And so we're going to have this 12-month data. And I think, you know, the key things that you have to marry in these plans is reimbursement strategy, I think we're comfortable regulatory that we can be a 361 minimal manipulation, homologous use, you know, not changing the relevant characteristics would basically cryoprotect, would macerate for delivery, and then there's nothing else in there but saline. That's it. Well, okay, so these are all allographs. These are not autologous, correct? Correct. So I assume since there's cells in them, you need to keep them cryopreserved, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. So basically, this is kind of an off-the-shelf kind of treatment for disc issues. There are so many people that are going to benefit from this type of procedure. We did the hard math on it. But that group of people probably at that one or two level, disc degeneration, failing care, failing ESI, it's about 870,000 people per year that fall into that pool that could be potentially helped. It's amazing. Now, does it matter the level? Does it have to be... Just lumbar or can it be cervical, thoracic? Does it matter? We've not tested the others, to be honest. And I would think that cervical is probably going to slip out of our space. I mean, we're trying to go in there as well. There's a little bit more risk there with those big vertebral arteries, you know. And 
you know, the yep. they're inside the assets. Lumbar is a little safer, but you know, I think this is going to be probably your regenerative clinics, probably your interventional pain specialists. And so we had 14 sites. We had neurosurgeons, orthopedic trained surgeons. We had interventional radiologists, and we had pain specialists and pain specialists with spine. So we had five different sectors that we represented in the study. We're going to course the data to evaluate whether or not there was any difference based on their training in the outcomes or any difference in outcomes based on the number of subjects they treated in the study. So we're trying okay. to slice this as thin as possible to make sure that we haven't overlooked something that's a potential risk for patient care. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, so, so what's the next so, step for the company to be able to offer this for the general public? I mean, again, I tend to be a fairly conservative individual. I think we should wait until the 12 months. So we offered the crossover, which I mentioned, you know, should be an open label knowing you've got the allograft. I think we want to have all the data in, which is probably going to be February next fall. We're going to have all the data in by the end of October on the primary subjects prior to the crossovers. So I'm sure by December, we're going to have a pretty good idea how strong our data is, what statistical differences are, and what we could recommend in terms of treatments. Is it a once-time procedure? We don't know that yet. We know that the first individuals were injected August 22nd, 2017. They're two years out. None of those patients have had any diminishing of their outcomes. So you got two years from one treatment, right? Right. And without any failure with a total integration. And there's no correlation between MRI signal. Let me go back to one other part of the story here. So we used a blinded group of musculoskeletal radiologists. They uh-huh. compared their Furman scores on ours. There was no correlation with Furman scores prior to or after with the diagnosis, pain and ODI being the primary objective data points that we can actually correlate. The reason we did that was to try to reduce the cost of the procedure to the third-party insurer. So if they're seeing an MRI every 12 months or every 18 months to assure that they still have that effect, we're trying to dismiss that early on and make pain. We're creating a registry. Within that registry, we're looking for apps right now that allow the pain to do a telemetry-type score from the patient where they don't even have to go into the office. So we're looking for validated instruments to do the pain and asbestry to assure that we're maintaining the protection of that intervention. But do you want to be upstream? Do you want to be where people are doing epidural steroid injections? And you and I both know the literature there that six weeks, there's no difference between steroid and lidocaine. It's just bogus, but it's paid. And so it looks like if you can get the three treatments per year that's typically allowed and up to two years general course of conservative care, we're probably looking at a total $3,000 separate from the time off from work clinical visit costs, need for medicines on the side, you know, the Tylenols and that. So you don't want to make it so cheap, but I mean, I'm kind of a simple guy. And I always looked at, um, you look at the capital economy of healthcare costs and you look at what the market probably will bear for what the high deductible is. And I assume that you probably have a high deductible policy for your personal use. Yes, of course. And my wife and I do. So I'm thinking somebody's already done the math and figured five to 6,000 is probably the electives that you're willing to do as an individual and still subsidize it because probably people at five to 6,000 also have low costs likely to be absorbed into the system. So if you can find the people who probably would benefit most, they're going to be those people who have maybe one small thing. They don't have the diabetes. They don't have the postural issues. They don't have something else but they do want to get rid of the back pain. And those are people I think we could probably find. I mean, if we did it at $5,000. If you offer this for $5,000, that's 
that would be a no-brainer. I mean, everyone would do that. I could promise you that. That's what I'm thinking, Ross. I mean, you know, if we get the two years durability, what appears we're getting right now. That would be worth it. I mean, if you have to go back for a subsequent injection after a couple of years, I think people would have no challenge with that, especially if they got rid of their back pain. How quickly were the results, by the way? How fast did they notice the change? They noticed it over the course of a month. We were already seeing a real big change. The first couple of days, you know, you put in two CCs into a disc and kind of smart. You know, yeah, they're not. Instead of, they're not saying nice things yeah. about us. But I can tell you, one of our PIs actually injected his wife. I don't know if you're married, but, it, you know, your wife is going to be clear to you of the problem. Okay, and I am. So my wife would tell me immediately if it's her, she'd come on, you, you know, that kind of thing. But his spouse has gone through this. She's accepted it. She's doing wonderful. She's doing yoga, Pilates. Everything is back. It brings back, so, it can restore your life. I mean, it's really invaluable. I mean, there's no value you can really put on that, but at something that, that's $5,000, that's a no-brainer. I mean, that would be no challenge at all, pretty much for the majority of people, especially those that are affected, that they maybe can't work or can't work as well as they'd like, or that are taken out of their normal life because that leads to depression, that can lead to the use of pharmacological agents, such as the opioids that are all over the place. I mean, where did the crisis originally start from? A lot of them were from major spine surgeries. A lot of people got addicted to the drugs because of those kind of surgeries. So if we could prevent that at the same time, I mean, this is a huge, huge thing. I'm excited for you. This is so exciting. I can't wait to share this with everybody. This will be a wonderful yeah. thing. And I think it's really be good. It, you know, we've had some abstracts already put, put that have been published from ISLAS that was at Kyoto. I can send you that abstract because it's in the book. And that way, Please you know, do. you have it. We were very proud of it. And I think within the ISLAS, we also had two figures, which will show you the crossover. And I can actually send you the poster we're going to present in New York as well, because, I mean, that has been juried and accepted and uh, will be presented. Awesome. I have a question that I'm asking all the people that I that talk in this arena, especially about allograft materials. And what do you think about the future of allografts or placental tissue or whatever you're using? What do you think the future is of that in a regenerative medicine? What would you say? I would say that probably the fixture of regenerative medicine has been founded on scaffolds, on materials, and on release. And I think that armature will exist in the future. I think we'll become closer and closer to understanding how the physics of regenerative medicine, that being charge-specific, ligand-specific, cell membrane-specific protections and charge and differentiation can be used on that. And I think it will be not a per se where anyone can harvest a placenta, anyone can take an amniotic sheet, anyone can take a bone and crush it into matrix and then restore. I think we'll use functional applications that will use that as a base but will not in and of itself use it only as a tool. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and also like and share this to help us grow. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, to have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million dollar business card to dominate your local area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and your question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or you can go to our website at drrosscarter.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R.com to learn more. Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter 
signing off. Signing off. <laughs>